grab your Bibles if you have one and turn to our key scripture found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse number 9. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse number 9. The Word of God says we have been studying, if you're new with us today, we've been studying this prayer of Jabez, Jabez over the past several weeks. The scripture says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mothers called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And today we're zooming in on the very end of, of the verse there where it says, And that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. It really is a natural progression. I think we could all agree that after we ask the Lord to bless us big time, and the Lord blesses us in a big time way, and we ask the Lord to enlarge our territory, and God enlarges our resources. He enlarges our influence to make a greater impact on His kingdom, and, and the Lord's hand is on us and anointed us to make a difference for Him. I think the natural prayer to conclude is, Lord, protect me. For you've blessed me, you've enlarged my territory, your hand is upon me, but Lord, I need your protection. I think we can all agree in these last and evil days that we're living in, we need the protection of the Lord. We need God's supernatural protection upon our life, upon our families, upon our homes. We need the Lord to protect us. And what I want to do today is I want to give you some insight regarding protection, some prayers that we need to be praying regarding having God's protection upon our lives. I have three prayers, three points today that I want to share with you regarding this prayer of Jabez, Lord, protect me. In your notes, you can fill in the blanks. They're located in your bulletin. Point number one is this, Lord, protect me from my enemies. We need to pray that, church. We need to pray, Lord, protect me from my enemies. See, understand that when God blesses you indeed, when God enlarges your territory, you are invading the enemy's territory. And friends, the enemy realizes that as a child of God, that when God blesses you indeed, and that when God enlarges your territory, he realizes that his kingdom is going to be decreased and that God's kingdom is going to be increased, that you're making a kingdom impact for the Lord and it is affecting his kingdom. And can I tell you, our spiritual enemy is not happy. He is not excited about us making a huge difference for the Lord. And so what the enemy does is he wants to do everything he can to take us out. That's why the Bible says that, that, that he's looking, he's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. He wants to take you and I out. But I do thank God that our Heavenly Father can protect us from our spiritual enemy. Amen. And we need to ask the Lord to protect us from our spiritual enemy. Jesus said it like this in the model prayer as he was teaching his disciples to pray. He said, Matthew 6, verse 13, he concluded the prayer like this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver. Everybody say deliver. deliver. But deliver us 
from the evil one. Jesus said, hey, a part of your prayer life, you should be praying, Lord, deliver me from the evil one. Keep me from the evil one. Lord, protect me from the evil one. And I thank the Lord that he has the power to do just that. A lot of Christians can run around scared of the devil. But I want you to know, you don't need to be scared of the devil. Your Heavenly Father is all-powerful. And He can protect you from every onslaught of our spiritual enemy that He could throw your way. Let me give you an example in the Word of God of how God can protect you from our spiritual enemy. In the book of Job, chapter number 1, if you have your Bible, turn there quickly. Job, chapter number 1. If you're new to church, you're new to this thing of following Christ, and you look in your Bible, you may notice it as Job. Amen. Turn to Job, chapter number 1. I want to be a blessing to everybody. Job, chapter 1, beginning in Verse number 8 through 10, the Word of God says this, Then the Lord said to Satan, the Lord was having a face-to-face conversation with Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Verse 9, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. He says, man, is Job fearing you for nothing? Verse 10 says this, have you not put a hedge around him? Everybody say hedge. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say hedge. I want you to notice this. Have you not put a hedge around him? I I can't get to him because there's a hedge. I firmly believe that God does it for his people. He puts a hedge of protection around you and I as Christ followers. Just think about this. If, if, if the enemy was, was so powerful that he could just take us out and just stop us from advancing the kingdom of God, don't you think he would have already done that? I mean, the Lord is blessing us, and, and we're, our church, we're enlarging our territory. We're adding 44,000 square feet to reach more people for God. I mean, if the enemy could stop you and I from being salt and light at our workplace, don't you think he would have already taken us out? But there's a hedge. Of protection. And he says, listen, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Listen, I don't want God just to put a hedge around me. I want to put a hedge around my wife, put a hedge around my kids, put a hedge around my household. The scripture says in everything he has, put a hedge around everything, put a hedge around the church, the church people, put a hedge around everything, Lord. And he says, you have blessed the work of his hands. You've blessed him. You've blessed him so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Here's what Satan simply says to God. He says, I can't get to that boy. (laughs) I'm trying, but there's a hedge. I want to take him out, but I can't. Because you are protecting him with a hedge. And of course, if you know the story of Job, I don't have time to explain it all, that the enemy did attack him and cause havoc in his life. But it was only when God took the hedge out to show him that Job is faithful and will serve me no matter what. But I want you to know, you don't need to fear your spiritual enemy. The Lord will put a hedge, a protection around you. And listen, you can have victory over your spiritual enemy. Amen. Lord, protect me. You need to pray that, Lord, protect me from my spiritual enemies. There's a second thing that I want you to notice about the Lord protecting us from our enemies. The second thing is this. When God blesses you indeed, when God enlarges your territory, not everybody's excited for you. Not everybody's pumped up for you. You see, matter of fact, there are some people, they don't want God to bless you indeed. 
There, there are some people, they don't want God to enlarge your territory and, and to increase you and to give you favor and more influence. There are some people, they don't want God's hand upon your life. And matter of fact, there are two or three people coming to your mind right now that they want to do everything they can to stop you from being blessed by God. I mean, you know, we can be naive and think everybody wants me blessed. Oh, but everybody doesn't. I think a great example of how there was somebody who was blessed of the Lord and everybody wasn't happy. But God has the ability to protect you from your enemies. And his name is David. The scripture says, David, a man after God's own heart, he killed Goliath. And this was huge. This was huge. You see, God had blessed David, and he was enlarging his territory. See, whoever killed that Philistine giant, the Scripture says that he would be blessed. He wouldn't have to pay taxes, receive financial blessing. He would marry the king's daughter. He was going to be a blessed man, and those blessings came upon David. That influence to influence people came upon David. And can I tell you, everybody wasn't happy. As a matter of fact, King Saul... The king in that time was not happy that David had this kind of influence and that God had enlarged his territory. Let, let me point this out to you in 1 Samuel chapter number 18 and verse number 6. 1 Samuel 18 verse 6 says this, When the, the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, Goliath, the, the giant, the, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. I mean, they were excited. I mean, the Israelites, understand this, they were just a moment away from going into captivity, from losing a battle with the Philistines. And David stood up, he killed the giant, and they had victory over the Philistines. They were not going into bondage. They were not going to be overtaken by this other nation. And the people were excited. They were rejoicing. They were singing. And verse 7 says, as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. David got, has a little more influence right now. Verse 8, Saul was very angry. Everybody's not happy. <laughs> When God is blessing your life, this refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? Notice verse 9. And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Can I tell you, there are some people when God blesses you and enlarges your territory, they keep a jealous eye on you. I mean, there are some people a smile on your face and... Uh, and watching you and checking you out and they're not real happy about what God is doing. Matter of fact, old Saul, he took it to the next level. And the scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 19 verse 1, it says, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. I want him dead. <laughs> I mean, king, you want me dead? All I did was God used me to kill a giant and, and he's blessed me. He's given me influence for his kingdom and for his honor and for his glory. And you want to kill me because of that? Yep. <laughs> I want to take you out. I'm not excited for you. I'm not rejoicing that the Lord has blessed you. I want you dead. And friends, the good news is this. Even when your enemy wants to kill you, God can protect you, not only from your spiritual enemies, but from your earthly enemies. And I want to point this out to you in Psalms chapter 18. This is a song that David sang to God. 
And as I was studying this in the PC Bible, study Bible that I study from on my computer, here's what the heading said above Psalms chapter number 18. It says, this is a song that David sang after God had destroyed and defeated his enemies and King Saul, his enemy. This is the song that David sang. All right, so this is after God had defeated his enemies, had defeated King Saul, who wanted him dead. And I want you to notice in Psalms chapter 18, some secrets. Everybody say secrets. There's some secrets on how David received God's protection from his enemies. And I want you to notice this. Psalms 18 verse 1 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. My, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My, rock, my God is, is, is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. David said he's trying to kill me, but I'm still leaning on the Lord. Verse 3 says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. Can I tell you, when your enemies are trying to kill you, it's the time to call on the name of the Lord. Not the time to take matters into your own hand. It's the time to say, God, you're my refuge. You're my fortress. Come on, some of you, you're getting attacked by your enemy, and you're pulling out your shotgun. Help them, Jesus. Help them to lean on you. Huh? You're swearing and mad and trying to hurt somebody, pulling out a knife. No, I called on the Lord. Matter of fact, David had a chance to kill Saul. He was there. He was sleeping. But he says, I'm not going to kill. I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. Listen, I'm going to call on the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I am saved from my enemies. Verse four, the cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction, or, or destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave called around me. The snares of death confronted me. If you're not familiar with this story, David was running for his life. This king was chasing him around. He was hiding out in caves. I mean, his life was so close to death. I mean, you think your enemies are causing you problems. <laughs> this man was running for his life. And the Bible says in verse 6, In my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Here David is again. I'm calling on the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. Isn't it good news that when we're in distress and things are not going well and we're running for our life and we call on the Lord, he hears our cry. He, hear, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Jump down to verse 17. For time's sake, I don't have time to cover the entire psalm, but if your enemy is attacking you. How many of you got a few enemies that are after you right now? Come on here. Uh, yeah, some of you won't admit it. That's all right. You need to read Psalms 18. You need to read Psalms 18 and meditate on it. Psalms 18 verse 17 says, He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. This was a powerful enemy, David said. I shouldn't stand against this enemy. Understand, this is the king of Israel. This is like the president of the United States. And the king of Israel says, I'm sending everybody after you. I'm sending my attendants. I'll send my army. I want you dead. How many of you know that you don't have much chance of standing and living if the king says, I want you dead. And I'm going to use all the resources of the kingdom to get you. You in trouble. <laughs> and yet God was able to protect David. Let me tell you how good God is. Let me tell you how powerful God is. God can take the king's son, Jonathan, who was raised in his daddy's house. And God has a way of working. He can take the king's son and turn his heart around. And the king's son is working on your behalf instead of his daddy's behalf. 
If you're not familiar with the story, you've got to read this. It's powerful how God can protect you even from your enemy. Verse 18 says, they confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He re- God blessed me in spite of the king. He rescued me because he delighted me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil. Notice this by turning from my God. Here's where so many people miss it. Let me give you a secret. When people are under attack, oftentimes we have a tendency to take matters into our own hands and to quit leaning on the Lord. And David said, let me give you a secret. Let me tell you how the Lord was able to protect me. I have not done evil by turning from my God. In other words, I didn't make this battle out to to be mine. I realize this battle is not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. He goes on to say in verse 22, all this, his laws are before me. I have not turned away. I have not taken matters into my own hands. I have not made this battle out to be me against the king. This battle belongs to the Lord. I have turned away from his, I have not turned away from his decrees. And guess what God did? God protected him from his enemies. And friends, God will do the same thing for you and I. He will protect us from our enemies. When's the last time you prayed, Lord, protect me from my enemies? Point number two, there's a a second prayer that we need to be praying regarding protection. Number two is this, Lord, protect me after you bless me. Protect me after you bless me. Friends, the key is not just obtaining a blessed life. The key is also to sustain a blessed life. Hear that again. It's not just obtaining a blessed life. It's sustaining a blessed life. And as your pastor, I want you not to just obtain the blessings of God. I want you to sustain and maintain the blessings of God. And it's very important for you to understand that success brings with it greater opportunities for failure. So when God blesses you, you can't let your guard down. You see, what you, obt- what you do to obtain God's blessings, you have to continue to do to sustain God's blessings. And Jabez prayed, Lord, after you bless me, Keep me. Protect me. Jabez simply saying, Lord, I don't want to just obtain the blessings, but I want to sustain the blessings. Once again, I want to go back to the life of David. He's a great example of a man who got blessed. God enlarged his territory. God's hand was upon his life. And you know what happened to David? He let down his guard. David... Blessed by God, killed Goliath, the king of Israel, and he blew it big time. Friends, can I tell you that David could testify to you and I. If he was here today, he could tell you, people, church, hear me. With success comes a greater opportunity for failure. People, church, don't just obtain the blessings, but sustain the blessings. Let me share the story with you very quickly in 2 Samuel chapter number 11. The context of what's going on here. David has killed Goliath. He is now the king of Israel, the most powerful man in that nation. The Bible says in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Notice that kings go off to war. David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rabbi, but David remained in Jerusalem. Notice that David remained in Jerusalem. Notice what the scripture says in verse 1. All the kings were off to war. It was that time when the kings go off to war. 
But David remained in Jerusalem. David was not in the place he was supposed to be. Oh, David, maybe he's dealing with a little entitlement. He's let down his guards. Maybe he feels entitled to stay in the palace now. I know the other kings are fighting, but, but I'm King David. <laughs> I'll kill Goliath. I'll put my time in. So now I'm going to relax and chill and take it easy. And he let down his guards, dealing with entitlement. I'm King David. I'll just, I'll just hang back. And the scripture goes on to say, One evening David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. Here he is dealing with this entitlement. Again, I'm the king. I'll find out who she is. I'm the king. You go find out. You let me know who this woman is. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? The, then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. This is a man that's obviously dealing with pride. I'm the king. I'll sleep with whoever I want to. I'll do what I want. I'm King David. And David, he had obtained the blessing, but he was not doing a very good job of sustaining the blessing. He let his guard down. A little sense of entitlement. I mean, I, I'm David. I deserve to have perks. <laughs> I, I deserve this. I mean, back when David was a shepherd boy working for his daddy, he had to go fight the battles himself. He had to go fight the lion. He had to go fight the, the bear. He had to go fight Goliath. But now David's risen to a place of power and influence, and he's got servants, and he's got an army at his beckoning call. And David, instead of fighting, he says, you go for me. I'm the king. I, I'm blessed. And you've got to be very careful because with blessings come a greater opportunity for failure. Here, church, hear this. Here's a prayer that we need to pray. Lord, after you bless me, protect me from dropping my guard. Protect me. Don't let me lose my intensity. Don't let me lose my fervor for you. Don't let me get complacent. Lord, after you bless me, protect me from pride. Don't let me start thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. Protect me. Lord, after you bless me, protect me from entitlement. Don't they know who I am? Huh? I deserve these perks. I deserve these benefits. I mean, I'm David. Don't you know I, I worked hard to get. I, I deserve to do what I want. Protect us from entitlement. Lord, protect us. Lord, after you bless us, protect us from leaning and depending on the blessings instead of, or, instead of on the blesser. Protect us, Lord. Don't let us depend on the blessings. Let us depend on the blesser. Lord, protect us. Protect us. After you bless us, protect us. Point number three. There's a, a third point before I close that I want to share with you today regarding having God's protection in our life. Number three is this. Here's a third prayer we need to pray. And that's, Lord, protect me from sin. Protect me from sin. Friends, when Jabez prayed, Lord, keep me from evil, he was also saying, God, after you bless me, after you enlarge my territory, after you put your hand upon me, don't let me fall into sin. 
Don't let me blow it. Don't let me bring shame to your name. Lord, Jabez prayed, Lord, bless me indeed. I want you to enlarge my territory. Put your hand. I want you to bless me big time. But God, after you bless me big time, protect me. Keep me from evil. Don't let me fall into sin. You say, Herbert, how do we avoid falling into sin after the Lord blesses us big time? After he enlarges our territory, how do we avoid falling into sin? I want to share two quick insights. Number one is this. Jot this down in your notes. Jot this down. Number one is this. Run away from temptation. You have to run away from temptation. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22 says, flee. Everybody shout flee. Come on, shout it like you mean it. Flee. Flee the evil desires of youth. That means run. That means hightail it out of there. You see, some of you are flirting around with it. You haven't sinned, but you're flirting around with it. You're playing around with it. You're hanging around in that environment. You're in the middle. And, and you know the old saying, you play with fire long enough, you're going to get burned. And you're playing with fire and messing with fire. And the Bible says, don't mess with fire. Flee. Run. Do you know why David blew it? Do you know why David fell? First of all, he was lackadaisical and wasn't where he was supposed to be, but he walked out that evening on his balcony, and he saw that lady bathing naked, and David didn't run. Hey, mama, hey, who is that? Uh-uh. Huh, David should have got back inside the house. He should have closed them doors and said, Thank you, Lord. But when you play, when you mess around, you fall into temptation. And Jabez says, Lord, don't let me fall. Don't, don't let me fall. Keep me from evil. There's a second thing that we need to pray. There's a second thing. Not only, Lord, protect me from sins by, by, by helping me run away from temptation, but number two is this. Ask God to keep you from unnecessary temptation. Hear this, hear this. Keep me from unnecessary temptation. You don't need to just run away from temptation, but you need to ask the Lord to keep you from unnecessary temptation. Hear me. There are times that you're going to face the temptation of Bathsheba, and you've got to run from her. Now, understand Bathsheba is different for all of us. We know what Bathsheba was for David, but Bathsheba for some of you is lying. Bathsheba for some of you is cheating. Bathsheba for some of you is food. Bathsheba for some of you is greed. Bathsheba for some of you is lust. Bathsheba for some of you is jealousy and pride. And, and, and sometimes you're faced with Bathsheba. You walk out on the balcony and Bathsheba, wham, is there. And the only option you have is to flee and to hightail it out of there. But I submit to you, we also need to pray this prayer. God, with your supernatural power, keep Bathsheba away from me. I mean, keep me away from unnecessary temptation. Just keep it away that I don't even have to deal with it. There are sometimes I got to deal with it and run, but Lord, I'm asking you by your supernatural power. And that's exactly what Jabez prayed. Jabez says, Lord, keep me. Keep me from evil. Keep it away from me. Don't let it even get around me. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us to pray the same prayer in the model prayer back in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. Jesus said, pray and lead us not into temptation. I don't even want to get near the temptation. I don't want to be tempted. Lead me not into temptation. Keep it away from me. It's very practical. 
some of you, for you to apply this scripture, is you need to start driving a different way to work. Because the route you're taking is tempting to you. Some of you need to walk a different way to the, to the office, to the work site, because that route you take every day is tempting to you. Some of you need to stay away from that one aisle in the grocery store. That's tempting to you. You go by, I'm strong in Jesus. Name. No, stay away. Lead me not, Lord. Lead me not into temptation. Keep me from evil. Because here's what Jabez understood. Here's what Jabez understood. I close with this. Jabez understood that, Lord, if you don't keep me from evil, I'm just going to be, bring pain into my life and to the life of others. And so Jabez closed out his prayer in First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Because, Lord, if you bless me big time and enlarge my territory and put your hand upon me and I blow it, I'm going to bring pain to myself. I'm going to bring pain to my family. I'm going to hurt others. Just ask David, who God blessed big time and enlarged his territory. He brought pain to his own life, brought pain to Bathsheba, brought pain to Uriah and his family. He got Uriah killed. Uriah's mama, daddy, pain, his cousins, somebody's brother, pain, pain, pain. Lord, I'm asking you to protect me that I won't bring pain to myself and pain to others. And God. Granted his request. Just ask. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for your presence. I pray over this church right now, Lord. Protect.